Welcome to the Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now, your host, Rick Hughes. Morning and welcome to the Flatline. I'm your host, Rick Hughes. And for the next few minutes, I'm going to be here about 30 minutes of motivation, some inspiration, some education. And we always do it without manipulation. So as you know, we don't try to hustle you. We're not trying to sell you anything. This is not an infomercial. We are going to give you some information, hopefully information that will verify and identify God's plan for your life. Now, if you want to take that information and orient and adjust to it, then good. That's up to you. My job is simply to be accurate, to get it right, not to coerce you, not to appeal to your emotions, not to ask you for anything, but to simply give you Bible information. And that information deals with a flat line in your soul, establishing a main line of resistance so you can stop the outside sources of adversity before they ever become the inside source of stress. You've heard me say so many times that adversity is inevitable and stress, well, that's optional. Because as a believer in Jesus Christ, you never have to be stressed out. You never have to worry. You never have to be afraid. You never have to be full of guilt and bitterness and antagonism and vindictiveness. Those are things that you don't necessarily have to possess. You see, you live a supernatural life as a Christian. You have an advantage that no one else has. You have God the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And we talked quite a bit about what it means to be a spiritual Christian a few weeks ago. And you also have the living Word of God. The Bible says the Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. You have that asset available to you. And you have a communicator of the Word of God. Hopefully you do, a qualified pastor who's been given a spiritual gift and whose task it is to study and teach God's Word to you. You've been given a local church. All of these assets are yours so that you can make good decisions, not bad decisions, because bad decisions limit future options. In our last radio show, we started talking to you about what time is it. What time is it? Someone said time doesn't shout. It just runs out much quicker than you think. And that's what we started taking a look at in our radio show. We're going to look at that for the next few weeks. And uh, our key thought about this concept is that during your time and my time on this sin-infested planet, it's critical that as human beings we adhere to certain principles that relate to time. Uh, if we want to have some happiness while we travel through. But the first thing we must relate to, as I said last week, is now is the day of salvation. That's a time issue. Now is the day of salvation. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 6.2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. The word kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S, for time. And I told you last week there are two different words for time, kairos and chronos. We get a chronology word from chronos, but kairos is a time that's not specific, not a specific time, not like 7.02 p.m. That's, that's chronos. Kairos is a little different. And so it's always time to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. I am amazed at people that know the gospel. They know Jesus Christ died for them. They know he paid a substitutionary death 
on the cross for them. It makes perfectly good sense to them. But they put that off thinking they have time, and they don't. In Genesis 6-3, the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh. And his days shall be 120 years. And that's exactly how long Moses lived. Deuteronomy 34-7, Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, and his natural vigor was not diminished. So time is essential for you. You don't have a lot of time to waste. And the most important thing is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as your Savior, since you do not have a written contract with God that you will be here tomorrow. There are many people, many people, that thought they would be here tomorrow, and they are not here now. Don't put off what the Bible says you should do. Now is the day of salvation. If you're going to survive in the devil's world, if you're going to live for a while here in time, then I'm going to highlight some traits that you need to have, traits that are essential to get along in the devil's world. Traits like punctuality and patience and priority and prudence, perspective and procrastination, a terrible trait. And we are looking at these things, and we started off looking at punctuality last week and why punctuality was critical in the mature believer's life and how punctuality is actually a virtue. It's incredible to be punctual, to always have that punctuality in your life. And so today we want to move on in our study and go a little bit further and deal with the concept of patience. It's a critical character trait for any believer who wants to fulfill God's plan in his life. Patience. I don't know how patient you are, but patience is required to fulfill the plan of God. Let me read you the testimony of patience demonstrated by the Thessalonians to the other churches, and Paul wrote about their patience. This is what he wrote to them in 2 Thessalonians 1.4. Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your patience and your faith in the midst of all of the persecutions and tribulation that you endure. Having patience in the midst of persecution and tribulation. In Psalm 37.7, rest in the Lord. That's the faith rest drill, problem-solving device number three. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself. In other words, don't worry because of him who prospers in his evil ways. And don't worry about the man who carries out evil desires. You just wait on the Lord. You rest on the Lord. That Hebrew word rest is a verb, daman. And it's an imperative verb in the Hebrew what we call the cow imperative, and it means for us to be silent or to be still or to wait patiently. It's sort of like the hunter who sits still waiting for the opportunity to take his game. An impatient hunter who can't sit still gets up, moves around, and, and the game will see him. They'll spook off. They won't come near him. This reference to Psalm 37.7, rest, is the faith rest drill. In the Old Testament, you need to remember this. There was no Bible. There was no filling of the Holy Spirit. There was an endowment of the Spirit for specific individuals to complete certain tasks. But in the Old Testament, the key to their spiritual life was, in fact, the faith rest drill. Using the faith rest drill. And you should remember the faith rest drill. 
claim a promise, reverse your concentration, come to a biblical conclusion, standing on the promises of God, picking up Ephesians 6 says the shield of faith so that you can stand against the strategy of the devil. The shield of faith is simply some of those 7,000 promises found in the Bible for you. These promises, when you learn them and you use them, that's the application of wisdom to the experience that you're facing in your life. You must rest in the Lord, and that negates your need to ever vindicate yourself. You know, you get treated unfairly, you get treated unjust. Someone makes a decision about you, and, uh, and you don't like it. And so you get angry, and you get hostile, and you get aggressive. You must learn to always trust the justice of God. God will vindicate you in his time, not your time, in his time. You are wasting your time if you try to defend yourself, if you try to explain something. People already have their minds made up. You haven't lived until you've been treated unfairly like this. Until someone's accused you of something you're not guilty of or maligned you in some way that, that you didn't do. And uh, people are all the time, they seem to think they know your intent. You understand what I'm saying? I know why you did that. They don't know anything. And so you have to let God handle that. Trying to defend yourself, trying to argue with these sort of people who malign you and criticize you and judge you is a waste of your time. Here is a principle you should always remember. Bitterness leads to self-vindication and vindictiveness towards other people. So when someone judges you or maligns you or criticizes you and you get bitter towards them, then you will seek to vindicate yourself and you will be vindictive towards them. Our battle, yours, mine, it, it, with mental attitude sins, nobody talks about this very much. You know, most, most people in the ministry talk about drinking, smoking, dancing, chewing, wild living, wild things, wrong things. I mean, they can go on to a list of what they consider to be sins, but the mental attitude sins are the ones that we really have to deal with. Those mental attitude sins that we have towards the people that wrong us or the people that offend us, that's exactly why we have problem-solving device number seven and number eight. Personal love for God, impersonal love for others. If you don't learn to have impersonal love for others, you'll never be able to give the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to those people that you hate. That was the whole story of Jonah. He hated those Ninevites. He wasn't going down there. And yet there was a whole country that got converted and believed in Christ, and he was amazed. So you have to wait patiently. The Hebrew word huel means don't take circumstances in your own hands. Don't get into Operation Revenge. Don't try to get even with people that, that do you wrong. Wait patiently. Psalm 37, 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of the one who prospers with his evil. Here's another verse, Psalm 37, 8. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. 
Fret not thyself in any way to do evil. So being patient includes this, that you do away with your anger, that you do away with your wrath, and you say, what is wrath? That's the desire to harm someone. You do away with your revenge motivation, because that's exactly what it is. There are people right now that have wronged you, and you would like to seek revenge. You want to vindicate yourself. Every cowboy movie I've ever seen is about vindicating the loss of, I'm going to get them for that. I'm going to go get them. I'm going to gun them down. And that's the way we get sometimes in our mental attitude. When Psalm 37, 8 says, cease, and from anger, that's a hill imperative of the word rafa in the Hebrew. And it simply means, as an order from God, let go of your anger. You are never authorized to be motivated by anger, motivated by anger. See, that, that's a root emotional sin in your life. And if you don't do away with it, it will destroy you. It'll rob you of your time. Forsake wrath, the Bible says. Do away with your anger. Listen again. Psalm 37, 8. Cease from anger and forsake the wrath. Forsake means to abandon the mental attitude sin of revenge motivation and the word wrath, the noun kakma. That is the burning fever in your soul that's poisoning your thinking. It's called Operation Get Even. It was the last thing I ever do. Some people are like that, you know. Some people just can't let it go. Sports Illustrated once wrote about a Chicago Cubs outfielder named Andre Dawson who had to pay a $1,000 fine for disputing a call by umpire Joe West. And on the memo line of the check that he gave were these words, Donation for the blind. <laughs> Can you imagine? Couldn't let go of it. Isaiah forty thirty one. They that wait. Here you go. They that wait on the Lord, being patient, cease from your anger, forsake your wrath, and they that wait on the Lord. The Hebrew word kava means to anticipate or to expect or to tarry with patience, waiting in God's timing. The issue is always God's timing, not your timing. That's exactly what Joshua did in Exodus 24, 13 through 18. You probably should read that sometime. You see, he waited 40 days for Moses to come down off Mount Sinai with the law. Unfortunately, the Jews became impatient and the ones that were down in the valley, they convinced Aaron to make them a golden calf out of the gold that they brought out of Egypt. The Bible says in Exodus 32, 7 and 8, they quickly turned aside. Quickly. They didn't wait. Forty days, they figured Moses was dead. There was no cell phone service, no text messaging, and so there's Joshua sitting at the foot of Mount Sinai wondering when will Moses come down. He didn't walk back down and say, I don't know, guys. He's just been up there 37 days. I haven't, I, maybe he's dead. He didn't do that. He waited patiently. Distraction and discouragement in the camp caused those Jews that were back at the foot of the mountain to make an irrational decision to try to make a golden calf, a god they had seen in Egypt. You know, if you're going to have patience, 
The Bible tells you you must. Now it's going to take some obedience and some stamina. That's right, stamina. So where would you get that? Well, listen to Galatians 6, 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. There's obedience and there's stamina. Let us not be weary, the present active subjunctive of ek kakeo. That Greek word means this is a potential obedience factor in your life. It's a subjunctive mood verb, which means maybe you will, maybe you won't. That's up to you. But the active voice says the subject produces the action of the verb, and the subject is the Galatians that Paul wrote to, and they have to make a decision about this. Let's not be weary. Spiritual conflict can drain you. Did you hear me? Spiritual conflict can drain you. One of the things that I like to do, I like to go fishing. I like to get away. I like to get out on my bass boat and go catch some bass and make them famous. Yeah, I take their picture and let them go. People ask me, you want to eat that? No, nope, I'm just going to make them famous. Take their picture and let them go. I am in conflict all the time. Speaking, teaching, traveling. And it's good to step out of the conflict but it's always there, even though I may be on the lake fishing. It, it's still in my mind. The conflict always rages. Spiritual conflict can drain you. We have that verse that says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Paul, I mean, he had been dealing with these Judaizing false teachers. They infiltrated the church in Galatia after Paul came in there and evangelized them. They denied his authority as an apostle. They started teaching that you couldn't really be saved if you weren't circumcised. And then Peter withdrew from Gentile Christians, and that caused Paul to get a little frustrated with Peter and rebuke him for what he did. And so Paul wrote this letter. And uh, before he went down to the Jerusalem Council, he wrote this letter to the Church of Galatia. And it's a mandate about not becoming discouraged. The potential is always there. If you fail to orient and adjust to the justice of God, you will be discouraged. Listen, here, here's the principle. When we focus on the problems we face and fail to see the solutions that God offers, then we often allow our feelings to bring on discouragement. You know, like people testing, system testing, health testing, I mean, all of these things can cause us to be like feel like we've been abandoned or even forsaken by God. And the result is a bad thing, not a good thing, because the result can be the dreaded arrogance of self-pity. The arrogance of self-pity. Has anybody ever told you self-pity is arrogance? You see, self-pity is the opposite of spiritual self-esteem. That's not what God wants you to have, self-pity. He wants you to have spiritual self-esteem. Arrogance motivates this mental attitude, sin of self-pity, because anger's on the other side of the coin. So you have self-pity on one side, anger on the other side, and a conceited, weak person is always going to be full of self-pity. So it's a sin. It's a sin that must be confessed before God if you don't get rid of your self-pity, it will blow your spiritual life apart. I have seen hundreds of young people full of self-pity. And uh, it's in a lot of different areas. 
self-pity about job opportunities, self-pity about romance, self-pity about their parents. You know, young people have a great way of laying a guilt trip on their parent when they, in fact, are full of self-pity because things are not working out for them, so they want to blame it on their parents, maybe. No child should ever be allowed to wallow in any self-pity as a youngster because that's just an arrogant preoccupation with self, and it's like pulling the pin on the grenade, and it'll blow you up eventually. You know, some of you that are listening to me, you're encouraged now that we have a new administration in Washington, and rightfully so, but for the last eight years, many people have been living in doom and gloom. You know, Paul says, snap out of it, not about our political situation, but he's telling these Galatians, get over yourself, orient and adjust, and refocus on your objective. Well, here's the question, what exactly is your objective? I mean, if you and I were talking face-to-face, could you tell me in one paragraph your objective for listening to this radio show or your objective for going to church? What is it exactly that you want, you want to accomplish, that you want to do? What is it? Why do you do these things? You should be able to answer that. You should know that. In Galatians 6, 9... If we were to go back to that verse that we're looking at here, let me back up just a minute in the scripture here. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. Not be weary in well-doing. What does that mean, well-doing? Well, it means it's just the opposite of wrongdoing. <laughs> You're not to be lured into evil. The opposite of wrongdoing is doing a right thing in the right way, not a right thing in the wrong way. Well-doing is you staying filled with God the Holy Spirit. Well-doing is you taking in God's Word on a consistent basis. Well-doing is you uh, representing Jesus Christ to your generation. You having a historical impact in our nation's future, having an invisible impact in your family. You having a relaxed mental attitude in spite of the tests that you may face. You being benevolent to people. That's well-doing. Here's what Paul said about well-doing in Philippians 2.14. Do everything without complaining. No disputing. So that you may be blameless and harmless. Children of God without fault. What does it mean harmless? It means Satan will take advantage of your weakness and harm people. You are to be a child of God without fault. That means not letting your sin nature control your life. In the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation among whom you are supposed to shine as a light in the world. You're supposed to be the lighthouse. You're supposed to be the attractor. And in due season, the Bible says, you will reap in due season. Due season, kairos again. Another word for time. It's a fixed or definite time in the right season, at the right time. At the right time, what? We'll reap. The future active indicative of thrizo means we will enjoy the harvest. You see, as a Christian, we have the opportunity to reap the rewards of our labor, not only blessing in time, but blessing in eternity, especially at the judgment seat of Christ. But, you know, you can reap a different harvest if you want to. Did you know that? There's another harvest found in Hosea 8, 7. It says, for they sow to the wind, and they reap the whirlwind. 
sowing to the wind is bowing down to the spirit of the times. And they reap the whirlwind. They get caught into the cosmic vortex. And divine discipline, national discipline, individual discipline follows. So the principle is that impetuous people waste time backtracking from their mistakes. You know, it's wonderful to be creative. It's a great virtue. But getting out of God's timing is a disastrous thing because, you know, sometimes we just yearn for things we don't have the capacity to handle yet. And if we're going to be patient, we have to wait on God's timing. Impatient people oftentimes leap to their own destruction. In Deuteronomy 14.42, there's a whole passage that deals with people leaping to their own destruction. Moses said, Do not go up there, lest you be defeated by your enemies. The Lord is not with you, for the Amicalites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you will die, because you turned away from God. He won't be with you. But they presumed to go up on the mountain anyhow. And they didn't have the Ark of the Covenant. They didn't have Moses go with them. And they were utterly destroyed. This is right after they rejected the offer to take the land where the 12 spies went in and 10 said, no way. And then once God pronounced judgment, they changed their mind and they wanted to do it. Didn't work. There's a right time and a right way to do everything. It's never too late for you to accept Christ as your Savior. And it's never too late for you to get back with the program. You walked away from God's program a few years ago, didn't you? It's not too late to get back. You're wasting time. And it doesn't shout. It's just going to run out much sooner than you think. Consider these things. Pray about these things. Ask God to show you what time it is in your life. And you will see the issue is important. Kairos, Kronos, it's time. Time for you to take control of your life back. Time for you to begin the journey to spiritual maturity. Time for you to glorify Jesus Christ to the maximum in what time you have left. You don't know. So whatever time you have left, you don't have time to waste or fool around. Please listen to me. Please consider these things. Because Psalm 102, verse 3 says, My days vanish like the smoke, and my bones burn like glowing embers. Time doesn't shout. It just runs out sooner than you think. I'm Rick Hughes. Thank you for listening to The Floodline. Thank you for listening to The Floodline with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100, Cropwell, Alabama, 35054, or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.